welcome to Horror Speria. My name is May. And my name is Clinton. I'm still on quarantine, but I'm not quarantine Clint this week. You're quarantine Clint every week. Okay, you, I guess. You came into my house today wearing a mask. That's true. That is even more quarantine than last time. Yeah, last time I was just like, infect me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so we're coming still quarantined. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to be quarantined for the inevitable future because yes. we believe in science. Mm. And I actually don't think DC has plans to reopen right now. Really? I saw or, something or that they? was like, every state is partially reopened. And I can still get bubble tea, as you know. So, but we've been able to get bubble tea for weeks. Yeah, bubble but tea actually, is essential, you know apparently. I have to go to Virginia for bubble tea, to come to think of it. Vir- Virginia doesn't care. They don't. <laughs> Um, Though our, so I don't know. Basically, I don't know if DC is open or not open. I think the last thing I read, which was actually a few days ago, was that the mayor wanted to reopen on June 8th or uh-huh. something. Yeah. We, Virginia, right now it is May 20th. Wow. It's May 20th. <laughs> I'm more shocked. I remember that. It's yeah. May 20th. And Virginia, the state is open except Northern Virginia. And I live in Northern Virginia. So we have until May 29th. But I mean, honestly, nine more days. I mean, nothing. I'm, I'm not changing anything. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so today we have. Our, is this our first analytical pod? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Are we going more highbrow this time? I guess. I it's, Unfortunately, I don't remember. What was the one that we did before Quarren Pod? Well... We did Bong Joon-ho. That's like a big one that I remember. And after that, we did... I thought we did another one after that. Oh, boy. <laughs> Reader, we suck at this. Yeah. But you were there. Yeah, we, we were, were there. there. We were there. We had a good time. This, this feels like the first analytical pod, but a back to kind of back to foundations. Kind of back to foundations. Back yeah. to school. Have a seat, everyone. Yes, have a seat. And the best part about this one this week or whenever we are is that Clinton curated this one uh-huh. for the very first thank time. Thank you, thank you. And it yeah. just so happens to have movies that you hated, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I hated most of these. But to be fair, you hate... Did you like all three of them? Uh, Actually, yes. Really? One of Now, one of the movies... We, we're going to talk about three different movies. Yes. And those, one of them yeah. came from... your suggestion that you had found somewhere yeah we were going to do a queer horror episode yeah um that didn't happen (laughs) didn't happen but i watched the episode i did the homework yes you did and i actually really liked this one so i was excited to bring it or you know started to talk about it at some point and it is called it has kind of a a name that's a little hard to remember a little wordy what keeps you alive what what keeps you alive no question mark yeah, it's it's actually a pretty good name, but the thing yeah. is, when I, even when I first suggested it, I was like, "What is keeping you alive? Yeah. What alive keeps you?" Right, that <laughs> so, combination of alive and it's kind of basic yeah. in a way, or yeah. typical. If that, if you heard that, that was my cat. That was <laughs> May's giant cat climbing a regular cat-sized cat tree. <laughs> But nothing is appropriately sized for this cat. <laughs> he I'm, is clunking. 
Okay. Um, so yes, what keeps you alive? Then we also did one that Clinton just saw randomly on Netflix, I uh-huh. guess. Yes. Called Girls with Balls. Uh-huh. I gave it a try. <laughs> And I <laughs> really was really impressed. Yeah, yeah, he really liked it. I think it has a transphobic name. Girls with balls. It's like, <laughs> and I actually think it does it a disservice. I think this is not that type of movie. I think it's that type of movie, but we'll get into it. And then the last movie we'll be talking about today is Baccarat. Baccarat. Which Clinton We talked also, about a little bit last yeah. time. Yeah. But yeah, now it's here yeah. and you know what the theme is now, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't read the podcast title. The Hunter versus hunted. hunted. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, this is such a good theme. I'm like so impressed that Clinton curated it. Thank not you. because I he's did. not Yeah. It was very, You're very strenuous. Smart. I'm very smart. <laughs> no, because not only that, but there are actually many themes that tie these films together. One of them that we noticed is that they all pretty much have a female protagonist. Mm-hmm. And that's, you Bad know. rules. Yeah. Yeah. And even some of the hunter aspects are kind of uh, left of normal, too. They're not mm-hmm. the typical uh typical hunter i guess you would say yeah um so even, what is a typical hunter are you thinking well, like a monster movie no or no, 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 no no like the man? man exactly the okay. man chasing stalker uh, kind of thing or exactly something? you know that they're doing this because they're crazy or whatever yeah. too much oh masculinity exactly. there was literally a different kind of twist to the hunters in every single one of these films uh-huh. and no matter whether I liked it or not, it it, it is interesting. I yeah. think it's funny. I think I liked reading about these films more than I liked watching them. Mm-hmm. Except Baccarat. Baccarat, I, I had the same thing where like 40 minutes, I was like, where is this going? And then just completely opens yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about that. But before we get into it. Let's catch up a bit. On the quarantine, what have you watched since the last one? I wanted to mention that I did watch Satanic Panic, and you were right. It was was so much everything that I would want in a movie. It was low budge, and that's okay. The low budgeness didn't hurt. Um, I thought the beginning is a little rocky. You're watching the whenever you're watching a low budget or independent movie, and you're like, I don't know, the acting might not be quite what you want, or the story's not getting there. But this movie gets there, and it is so fun. And I thought it was so smart, and it was written by that person, Hedrick, something like that, who also writes a book. Yeah, and you think they're (laughs) they're funny, and they're funny because they are funny, and. And um, Rebecca Romaine is great. Rebecca Romaine, I just want to see her more horror films. Me she too. really had fun with it. That was exactly what I always want out of a horror movie and most of the time don't get. So big ol' thank you. <laughs> and thank you to Shudder. Yeah. That was worth it Shutter for me. Shudder original. The Shudder yeah. subscription pays for it right there. <laughs> yeah. Shudder subscriptions are so cheap too, especially because I've been renting off of Amazon and you just really kind of realize. Yeah. Um, that racks up. Yeah. It does uh, rack yeah. up. Um, yeah. So you watch Satanic Panic. I've been going through shows quite a bit. I rewatched What We Do in the Shadows, which is 
the best show on TV right now. I finished Legion, which was really, I liked it more than I thought I was going to like Legion, it. Legion, uh, uh, three seasons, is that right? Yeah, three seasons. It's, it's a tight show, yeah. It's a tight three. It's a tight three, and yeah. it was built to be that three. I never saw Fargo. Did you see Fargo? I saw one season, maybe just one episode. Of oh, okay. S- or maybe the whole season. I don't remember. It's the same creator. Okay. Uh, and so I think I did Fargo see the, is still I saw going. The, probably. I saw the first season of Legion, uh, and we, we talked about it a little bit off the pod. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I, I told Clinton he should really watch it because the the thing that I like about Legion, and I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but I don't like comic book things, um, especially Marvel. So I wanted to watch it because I really like the cast, which is basically Dan Stevens, who genre, he was the guest in The Guest, which is one of my favorite horror films of all time. Um, so I knew that he was going to be really fun to watch Mm -hmm. and i really love aubrey plaza so i was like okay well let me just see what's up and the thing that i like about lesion is especially if you don't really care about the character like i I don't care if it's being accurate or not it's accurate to the comic book exactly yeah um it's really more about like schizophrenia and time travel and like and mental 60s illness vibes, right yeah and and it only gets deeper into that as the series goes on that's kind of the interesting thing like the first season feels kind of normy even though it's not really yeah I, and then I, seasons two and three go way weird i think i stopped watching it mainly because i caught up with it and then it then you got to wait for the next season and you kind of fall yeah, off but yeah. um I also was a little worried that I think at the end of the first season, there is almost it almost the conclusion feels a little too normy where it's like, okay, now we're all get together to fight the bad guy. And then I was like, ah, so maybe the next seasons are just going to be kind of more straight shooter stuff. That's actually why I really like Legion, because I was like, okay, so this is the bad guy. This is the good guy. I was just accepting that. But season two completely Mm. undoes that and even does something that makes the protagonist unforgivable Mm. in a way. And then it doesn't ruin the show because a lot lot of times that would just ruin yeah no like i said i mean like exactly i i thought everyone in the first season was likable and then by the end of the third season there was only one character that i was really rooting for but i didn't mind seeing how everything broke down because i think that was the point of the show just showing how heroes and villains and things like that so it's a really interesting watch um I, I wouldn't say it's like one of the best shows ever, but I'm really glad I watched it. And yeah. Especially because I've been watching so many things recently. I really appreciate an ambitious show. And that show is nothing but ambitious. Like in the second season, there's this random dance battle between Jermaine Clement, Aubrey Plaza and Dan Stevens. And I'm like, who the fuck would think of this? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. That's another thing. Jermaine Clement is major in the second season and i really like him Mm -hmm. so yeah it was a really fun watch if you have hulu i would strongly recommend it you can probably finish it in one or two weeks Mm -hmm. um i'll I'll throw in another one here i saw the remake of pet cemetery oh you didn't tell me tell me um uh, i think i agree with the reviewers on this one who said (laughs) that 
it kind of has a cool setup and you think it's going to be it's it fakes into a more oh we're going to be more about loss and deeper than just like pets coming back alive and shit coming back alive but then it kind of veers it doesn't have anywhere to go it, it's yeah. not clever when it needs to be uh, but john lithgow lithgow yeah lithgow is so great and so fun to watch and it really reminds me that sometimes a movie can be not that great but still have a great performance oh yeah and you're like ooh, i don't mind yeah. that that movie sucked because that was fun. Yeah, I feel that way about a lot of things I've been watching recently, actually. So, yeah. for sure, that's interesting. Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. I give it a meh. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw Angst on Shutter, which is this really classic 80s film that influenced a bunch of weirdos. Mm. And it was interesting. Um, it's actually one of Eric's favorites films eric which is from eric allen hatch from from twitter <laughs> twitter and beyond video beyond video yeah. yeah he i he mentioned it once so it's been on my list so i watched it what what's the genre is it like experimental it's a, no, it's a is horror. it it's a horror. straight up 80s horror it's 80s but it, it's not american okay. it's swedish or german uh -huh. or austrian one of those okay i forget um and it was definitely, I, I'm glad I watched it, but it was, and, and you can kind of see where people have bitten off of it, mm. but at the end of it, I, would, I didn't feel too much. Do you think I would like it? N no. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Did you like Possession? I forgot. I don't think I saw Possession. Oh, you still haven't seen Possession. Did you see Uncut Gems? No, I need to watch it though. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's but, fine. Okay. <laughs> I gave him Uncut yes. Gems to watch last time. <laughs> last no, it's okay. year. Yeah. Um, I think it's coming to Netflix too, Uncut Gems. I, I think you're going to watch it on Netflix <laughs> before you watch it on Blu-ray because you're right. I think it's coming on Netflix at the end of the month mm -hmm. and we're already pretty much there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, one thing that I did not plug last time that I was so mad about, and this is actually probably legit my favorite thing I've found in quarantine. Uh-huh. I don't know if I've even told you, mainly because I just keep forgetting. I don't yeah, know what's wrong. Yeah. The cinephobe. Have I told is you about this? Is this a person, place, or thing? What are we talking about? Okay. So I found out about the cinephobe through Eric. And the cinephobe is this online channel that has programming from pretty much, I want to say like 7 p.m. Eastern time until... 7 a.m. Eastern time. So it's kind it's of a like a channel, like a TV channel that you could watch programs let, let on me, the internet let at me, specific times. Let me explain this. Okay. <laughs> so the thing that's so fascinating about it is that, yeah, it's like a TV channel. Say if you were to have HBO, you know, and these movies play at this time. So the thing Cinephobe does, though, is that it posts its schedule a day in advance. So you never really know what's upcoming and it specializes in out of print and rare films. Ooh, and wow. like I'm talking about films that I've never heard of films that have been lost over the years and just things that go from silent films to films released in the last few years. And they are just so 
fascinating because mm. it's like you can find anything on cinephobe any night and i've been watching a lot of that like i've been learning about so many movies that i never heard of the last one that i saw was last friday their midnight movie was the evictors and um it's this kind of like amityville slasher that again i never heard of and it starred one of my favorite actresses jessica harper who was the lead in suspiria and again i had never heard of this film just what they do is they post a synopsis they they have a, their channel which the website is cinephobe.tv is it spelled any creative way or Cinephobes. is it straight up no yeah s y n o p h o b e cinephobe cine cine like <laughs> Like cine cinnamon. Like, no, cine like cinema. So okay. C I N E and M then phobe. Phobe. Okay. Cinephobe. Dot com? No, cinephobe.tv. Dot TV. And already Holy you, mackerel. Like, there, has there just been a dot TV this whole time and nobody uses it? <laughs> no. I mean, okay. So the thing about like them uh, programming stuff is I, I, don't know their legalities but i think a lot of it one they must have just been collecting films online for the last like 20 years uh -huh. um like two, okay yeah. two i do think that they work with some publishers and stuff but i think just most of the stuff that they play like i said is just kind of really lost in the sense that these are films that no one has seen and like they're obscure, huh? They're very obscure. Are they? But they're very good. Really? Like, like they're they're quality. Tough. Yeah. No, yeah. And I'm saying I've seen this a is western undercutting the Criterion Collection subscribers. Dude, kind of. Yeah. I've been watching more stuff on Cinephobe than mm -hmm. I've been watching in Criterion lately. Wow. Um, just because it's just like such interesting stuff. Like I've seen a western directed by Paul Newman on there i've seen that slasher that i told you about i saw a three-hour divorce drama oh my god <laughs> the other night no it's just really fascinating so i strongly or and this is free completely yeah. free you pull it up there's something usually you download playing. something onto your computer no you don't it runs through all your credit card <laughs> information no that that's the incredible thing it's just so user-friendly yeah. and even people who i don't think like pretentious films and mm -hmm. things like that i'm like no just you might like follow this. the instagram yeah i mean for a quarantine activity so too things. that's pretty fun like social yeah. watching yeah uh, socially planned exactly events. because that's what we're missing no exactly because you don't need to worry about setting it up yourself it's just gonna it's play there. exactly yeah. yeah so a huge you don't have to out. be like hey everyone come over to my house and we'll watch this three-hour divorce drama <laughs> and yeah you yeah, can just say no. hey yeah so definitely cinephobe check it out i watch something on there at least weekly and it wow. makes me so happy yeah i'm gonna check it yeah um yeah i think that's the bulk of i got another one oh real yeah, quick go, go. um season of the witch you know about that halloween no good although yes oh. season of the witch like the renamed title this is george romero's Ye yes follow-up i think oh, second movie after night Don of the living dead okay and it's about Tell bored housewives going into witchcraft in the 60s 
Okay. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no further comment. Uh, yeah, it's got some cool. Oh, it's got some cool acting. It's got some some cool beats. You know. Yeah, I, I, you know, you watch a movie from that that has enough yeah. character and color in it from the yeah. 60s and you just feel like you're soaking up the vibes. Right. And it's okay if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't spectacular hit you over with anything in particular. It doesn't do any one thing super great, but it is, I thought it was, <laughs> it was a decent watch. I love that. That's funny. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I think those are the most memorable things I've watched since quarantine. Oh, I started Better Call Saul. Holy fuck. I'm going to be so depressed when I'm done with it. I already finished Why? season one. Because you one. love it so much? Yeah. Yeah. I just... And you're a Breaking Bad stan. I'm a huge so Breaking Bad fan. This is and, just a the, continuation, right? Yeah, of exactly. the world. The thing is, I never watched Better Call Saul live because I wanted to give it time. And then finally, like last week, I was like, now's the fucking time, man. Especially because yeah. it just ended last month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, and yeah, I started it. If you're a Breaking Bad fan and you haven't seen Better Call Saul, get your shit together. Yeah. If anything, I feel mad at myself. I'm like, I could have been enjoying this over the last mm-hmm. several years. Yeah. Um, Bob Odenkirk is one of the most incredible actors living right now. If he doesn't, I mean, I don't want him to die anytime soon. Oh my God. <laughs> Corona save him. <laughs> no, but if Bob Spare Odenkirk him. doesn't ever get an Emmy... In the next like ten years, I'm gonna kill myself. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So better call Saul. Yeah. Um. I, I was gonna say I just have one comment on Better Call Saul. But it sounds like a terrible idea to spin off Breaking Bad with that character. Yeah. <laughs> Particular for me, sounds like a bad idea. But I have only heard great things, so more yeah. power to them. I'm glad they did it. Yeah. I, so. Actually, Saul was my favorite character, so mm-hmm. I didn't need to be convinced. But I have spoken to people that watch it that didn't like Saul. Mm-hmm. And then the first season already picks up kind of in the Breaking Bad universe. He isn't Saul Goodman yet. And then you just see it grow. Mm-hmm. And But I mean, you're seeing people that if you, you're a big fan of Breaking Bad... We have Hector Salamanca is one of the major characters in the first season. Uh, Mike Jonathan Banks is pretty much the other lead character. And it's just, it's so good. It's just, it's drama to the highest tension. Hmm. Like to the point where sometimes I'm like, I don't think anyone even in these situations would act this way, but it's just so good to watch. Like mm-hmm. it's so tense and everyone is such a good actor and they don't blink and it's just beautiful. Is it written, directed, same people bring yes. it back? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's all kept within the same family. Definitely watch it if you haven't yet. And okay, now it's And speaking it. of tension, <laughs> let me tell you, some of these movies have a lot. Of tension, but not girls with balls. Some of the other ones. <laughs> well, the one that we're going to start with is what keeps you alive. Yes. So something interesting too. Sometimes we usually cheat and have an American film in here, but we don't this time. All of our films are foreign. International. Yes. So the first one coming up is Girls with Balls, two thousand eighteen. Oh wait, I thought you said it was going to be um the. Oh, sorry. <laughs> What we do in the shadows. What is the life? Live. How? What do you live for? What's the movie called? 
the first movie because we always like to go in chronological order of when it was released. This film was was released in August of 2018 from Canada. 2008. I said 2018. What keeps you alive? What keeps you alive? All right. I never told you about my first wife, did I? Erica. We got married when I was only 19. I mourned her, prayed with her parents, cried at her funeral. And of course, that has to look like an accident. Did Megan not tell you anything about Jenny? No, never. I'll do the same at yours. You must be confused. Why would your wife do this to you? Probably thinking. We're in love, right? <laughs> feel that? Your heart racing. What do you feel? <laughs> Steady. Exactly. Done playing around. I know these woods. Like the back of my hand. It's nature, not nurture. Demon inside. All those people—they trusted you. I trusted you. I'm free in all the ways you're not. You're trapped by emotions, weighed down by guilt. You are never going to do this again. I'm not going to let you do it again. Your conscience isn't a source of strength. It's your Achilles heel. My dad, he used to say to me, you only kill what keeps you alive. I will bleed myself dry. All right, everyone, and that was What Keeps You Alive, 2018, directed by Colin Minahan and starring Brittany Allen, which, fun fact, is his wife. So I was going to ask you, because Colin is spelled C-O-L-I-N. And so I wasn't sure gender. I wasn't sure who, you know, was oh, this male, female, oh, who, who oh, you know. Yeah. Um. So it was male. Yes. Was written, directed? By him. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Because the story is of a lesbian couple, yes. married couple. Yes. And things go wrong. <laughs> things now, go one thing wrong. I want to say here, because yeah. I really I, I really liked two thirds of this movie. <laughs> and if you spoil the twist in this movie, if you want to see this movie and you don't want to be spoiled, jump ahead a couple minutes in our podcast because the this the twist is so important to enjoying this movie. What do you mean the twist? Okay. So if you don't want to be spoiled, just jump. I Go. I think the reason why I'm confused you call it a twist uh -huh. is because the twist is in the synopsis. Well, yeah, but if you read the synopsis, <laughs> then you know. Okay, reader. So <laughs> So who reads the synopsis anymore <laughs> so i went into this knowing okay it's a it may recommend gaze. it to me a yes. gaze and a horror and the horror and the gaze <laughs> but the first i don't know third of this movie some chunk of this movie quarter of this movie 
is quarter quarter is a romantic cabin cup the the uh, the couple is just enjoying each other yes how long was it four scenes so of what and 15 minutes in 15 minutes okay i was also interested in when this so the twist ladies and gentlemen is that you're feeling all lovey-dovey or whatever and they go out hiking and you're, there's this tension of like when's something gonna happen um and then the one woman just pushes her partner her beloved wife and she just throws her down a mountain and that tries to kill her shock me though did it I yeah ki- i kind of knew it was coming yeah but same but that, i was still like <laughs> i was like oh shit she's dead yeah, yeah. and I, she didn't die which i don't know how she didn't die but yeah but, <laughs> um, she, but she actually they i think they played it off well i mean she was she looked very she hurt was very hurt she didn't yeah. look like oh scratches like, two-thirds to the movie she seemed to have been like magically cured okay so that's where i i think the movie develops an incredible attention because when the wife pushes the the her her partner down the mountain and tries to kill her. And then she realizes she's still alive. So then she's got to like hunt her further to fully finish the job. Yeah. And then you have the hunter hunted. Yeah. And I think it develops this amazing tension where you're really pulling for the half dead woman. And you're thinking, how the hell is she going to make it out of here? My favorite scene in probably the whole movie is when the the hunted gets in the boat and is trying to oh god that scene yeah okay <laughs> okay so she's rowing to the neighbor's house and i believe the neighbor is like oh like outside <laughs> oh, doing some yard work doing? or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so she's like furiously like paddling paddling and then the hunter gets in a boat and starts paddling paddling quicker because she's not half dead so (laughs) there's this tension of like who is going to get there first and the hunted catches up to the hunt the The hunter hunter catches catches up up to the to the prey yeah and but then you you still have this tension because she can't murder her right in front of the neighbor right and then you have the neighbor and this weird situation happens where then so somehow they cover the the hunter covers and they like get invited over to dinner. Yeah. So what happens is the hunter gets in the same boat, but since the husband is watching, she can't kill him. And so he's like, okay, well I'll see you for dinner tomorrow. And then the prey, uh-huh. the half dead woman shouts suddenly, no, come over for dinner tonight. Yeah. And that's how that worked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually, that was believable. But honestly, that whole scene just made me want to like die. Because? Why? It's just like, it was so kind of unrealistic and silly. And when I read interviews with Brittany and Colin they were like, yeah, that scene was supposed to be kind of for laughs. And I'm no like, no way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was on the edge of my seat. I, no, no, no. They said kind of for laughs, but also tension. That yeah. way, like, you could laugh through the tension. And I just don't think it was there. Oh, so, so you didn't feel that tension? So, actually, one question I want to ask you yeah. is how. So so you kind of answered it in a way that the movie kind of does start off as a romance. Mm-hmm. We do know that it's a genre film, so we are kind of expecting something. But 
we're we're kind of led but along. We don't read the synopsis. We don't. <laughs> we don't know. We don't watch the trailer, which gives it all away too. Right. Oh my god, you watched the trailer? Uh, well, today I watched it. Oh, I didn't watch the trailer. Oh yeah. my god, that's so funny. It, I, it, it look. It's so cringy if you watch a trailer because oh then you just get all the dialogue. I bits actually a little feel cringy. like this. My biggest problem with this movie is that it was cringy throughout. But before I trash this film. Yeah, I, I can't believe you didn't like this. Well, I, I have very, I think, obvious reasons why okay. I didn't. Okay. But we'll get into that. I want to know, how did you feel? Like, did you feel like the film was changing as you watched it like did you feel like it was changing genres or did you feel like like how did the film ride you emotionally would you say well i was all in i was gonna give it the oscars for the at at the boat scene i was thinking (laughs) this is a truly special movie and then i think it trades in the tension for a little bit of hijinks or something. There's just too many. There's too many unbelievable things where it's like, really, she would do that. Really, the ending, especially when she drives off and then stops. Oh my god! To go back. I, w- I was pretty pissed off about that. Right? Too. Yeah. yeah. Um. I I felt that kind of throughout. Though I do think the first half of the movie I liked better because I was a little bit more optimistic. But then it just didn't get better. Yeah. It it got worse. It does so, get worse. Yeah. Kind of my main problem with this is that it's a pretty generic film. I feel like, sure, it's tense, but is it... It's like a bloodier Lifetime movie in a way, hmm. even wow. between. That's a diss. <laughs> well, and then I was like, well, you know why I I feel it's weird. I, I feel like the writer didn't connect to these characters. And I was like, well, I know it's a man. Let me just do research. And so when I did research, Colin wrote this movie as a heterosexual couple and Mm. the guy goes crazy and kills the girl. And then like, just wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. But, but then he was like, but then like a year later I was like, Oh, you know what I should do? I should make them a lesbian couple. Yeah. And And then somebody like some producer somewhere was like, yes, yes. No. Yeah. Basically. And I kind of hate that because you can tell that there's just no connection as to what that even means to hmm. um, the characters as qu- in a queer relationship, but also, you know, the monstrous feminine kind of angle. And he was like his justification, too. He says that he was really intrigued by having a female psychopath because there's not that many female psychopaths. And I'm like, well, if you actually did your research on Queer 101, the lesbian psychopath is one of the most damaging stereotypes in horror films. Like, Mm. it's not new. It's not done. So, like, my main problem with what keeps you alive is that it's obviously competently made to a certain extent. I do agree that it just veers off into, like, weird... Like, she explains her reasoning for everything kind of stuff. Oh, the the main bad lady. Yeah, yeah. But 
again, my main problem was like that, an evil villain kind of thing. Like, yeah, this was my plan all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, it was so. I, I I'm not going to so kill annoyed. you now because it would be better. Exactly. To, Why wouldn't she get? Uh, there was also like that point where she clearly wanted to kill her asap, yeah. and then suddenly she doesn't want to kill her. Right. It's it, just. It, it probably happened after that boat because then it's like, oh, I could kill you, but then they're coming over for dinner. So how could I possibly? And then she ends up killing the couple. And it's just like, yeah, it's nonsensical. But and I wouldn't go so far to call it offensive because I wouldn't really say that. But I do think the disconnect and the symbolism of what these characters were was totally lost on the director himself. Yeah. And um, one thing that I wanted to say is I thought the location was really interesting. Cool. Uh, It looked like it was filmed in... In the woods in a cabin. It was. Right where but, it was supposed to be. But I, I think especially there are two scenes I think of. I think of the first scene when they go into the house. It was all done in one shot and the camera follows them throughout the house. And that was cool. And then in the ending scene, they the struggle we actually don't see. I don't know if you remember. He only films the ceiling. And we only hear what happens or what we assume happens. And I thought that was interesting. So there are definitely moments of intrigue here. And I guess if you're really into wanting to see some queer horror, it technically counts. But there's barely any like context even within that. It's it's pretty much a straightforward thriller. Yeah. I'm wondering if because I'm not queer myself, if I get more excited by the representation and I don't, and I sometimes I think I might just get blinded by that because I'm like, oh, cool, a gay couple and they're married and that's where the story begins. Yeah. And and I don't get into the further um, and I don't realize the disconnects and the fact that, yeah, it could have just been any couple. It really yeah um, that's the thing yeah and and that's what bothers me because at at that point you're using gay people as props you know um just to kind of open it up to another audience and especially coming from this film was made by a couple Brittany is the half-dead girl that's his wife and uh colin wrote and directed it Brittany, the half-dead wife also did all of the music for the movie that's cool. so that's, that's interesting cool. yeah i mean it, it's clear that they work well together but if we're really to analyze this film for what it's supposed to represent i just think it falls short it is you know pretty standard hunter versus hunted yeah though. yeah i um, would i would love to watch the the first 45 minutes again <laughs> yeah really yeah yeah okay well I'll skip around a little bit at the beginning because i know what's gonna happen and then go <laughs> yeah yeah okay that's fair yeah, yeah. No. i like the hunter versus hunted genre i think you do i i do. I, I like it too um there's survival there's yeah i mean that's essentially slasher films in a way you that's know true. um but i i feel like all of these and and i mean to give the film some credit it it is unusual to kind of see a female psychopath but i mean 
it, they also didn't build her character up, you know? So. Yeah, just, there was some backstory, but you didn't really care. It was a weird backstory about hunting, you know? And, yeah. But that was it, you yeah. know? But otherwise, like, oh, and then you see that she's had done this to, like, at least 10 women that before. That was a little dumb-dumb. That, that didn't need to happen. That was way dumb. That's yeah, what I'm like, saying. Not like, only is she a murderer, she's a super murderer. Super she kills murderer. everyone. Yeah, and no one knows. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, well-intentioned, and Clinton thinks he should watch it. I thought it, yeah, I mean, it gets a thumb, it gets... It gets, a, it gets a thumbs up from me. Okay. Yeah. That's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, are we ready to keep going? Yeah. What's the next one? So this next one came out a month later in September of 2018. Girls with Balls. Directed by Olivia Alfonso. And that was Girls with Balls, directed by Olivia Alfonso. This is a French film. And I saw French slash Belgian. Do you know anything about yeah, that? Yeah, I is think that... that means that the producers might have been from Belgium, but from Belgium. But um, the director himself, he's French. All right. And the writing and the crew, they were French. It was shot in France. And okay. What like can that. you tell us about this gem? So, Girls with Balls, I really hated this film so, 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 so here's the story about girls with balls coming into our lives our personal this was like first week of quarantine i remember because okay. i i asked eric to watch it with me and so virtually on on the computer i guess yeah we we yeah obviously yeah you guys did like a virtual <laughs> hangout one of yeah. your we were texting Zoom or something. we saw no yeah i do that sometimes with gabby like we'll FaceTime and watch something, but uh, yeah, no, most of the time it's text. Anyway, so Clinton, like first week of quarantine was like, you need to watch Girls with Balls. And I Googled it and I saw that it was a French film. And reader, I don't know if you remember, but I hate French films for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> like me and the French don't get along. And Clinton was like, yeah, I feel the same way, but I think you're going to love it. And I was like, you know what? If Clinton says so, then okay. I don't remember using exactly those you, words. I can pull it up. <laughs> you don't like, have to pull it up. You don't have to pull oh, it up. Because I'm right. I... 
And, uh, I mean, earlier in the quarantine, it was just sunnier days, maybe, you know? <laughs> this this so is very much you, in my wheelhouse. Were you just like browsing on Netflix and you were like, why not? Yeah, you know, Netflix tries to curate what movies they think you might, you will like. Yeah. And so they know they're tapped into your, <laughs> the DNA of, of, of your okay. trash <laughs> self. I so... Guess. This one popped up and it was one of those, the name is a little too try hard. It's like, girls with balls. Get it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, and so we both have talked about before too, how we don't really like the super um, over the top, like referencing back to previous movies where they feel like they're just rehashing all the hacker stuff, slasher stuff, but they're not actually offering anything new. I thought that I guess I thought you would like it's a all female cast for the most part. Yes, there's uh, some of the bad guys are guys. The hunters the, are all the men. hunters, and the coach is a man. <laughs> yes, and, and there's a minstrel, and he's also a man. A minstrel. Uh, the dude. Oh yes, yeah, the guitar player them, kind yeah. of dude, narrator. We call them minstrels. Oh okay. Yeah, well, that also has other connotations. <laughs> yes, it so, does. Yeah, but yeah. Um. In U.S. history, but yes, uh, <laughs> I thought you would like again. I guess it's just like get blinded by the representation. I'm like, there's all these women, and they get to be kind of badass, and there's some gay women as well. But again, I might have just hit that the surface hunters. and not gotten the deeper part, which is that one of the lesbian characters was like super aggressive, horny. And, uh, you know, yeah. so maybe it wasn't the, as good of a pig as I thought it would be. <laughs> the uh, the hunters are gay. They're gay men. The hunters are gay? Did you miss that? Yes. Yeah, they're gay men. Are you, they're, are you sure they're not just French? Dude, no, I read an interview. <laughs> you read it? Yeah, he, he said that... Was that it's kind of t- it was It was intentional. In- he said that... Because usually when it's like hunter versus hunted, especially in a gender disparity, the prey tries to kind of like use their sexuality towards them. And so there's a scene in the movie where that tries to happen and the hunter isn't interested because he's gay. Oh, um, so, I have to watch it again. Yeah. So he said that and and to him, he he the the thing that was interesting with Girls With Balls, I really didn't didn't like it. I thought. My main thing was that it was just clearly made for Americans. You thought so? Oh, yeah. And he says so himself. Really? He says that in France. I hate it when they say the thing that you agree with. Oh, the, you know what I mean? I do my research, Why don't they say the things that I think? <laughs> I, I do my research. Yeah. Damn it. That's okay. why I have a career. So he made this for... Well, kind of. So what he said is that this kind of film is very difficult to make in France because mm. France is all about, you know, meaning and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he genuinely said that his main motive for this film wasn't even if people liked it. He just wanted people to have fun. He's yeah. like, my, so my man, you're, Up you're going to, you're going to super love this. Yeah. He said that the three main inspirations for this film were Sam Raimi, Peter Jackson, and Alex de la Iglesia. Ooh. Yeah, he said Wait, that, wait, wait, wait. Can you break it down? What was the first one? Sam, Sam Raimi. So which Evil is Dead films. Evil Dead. Okay. Uh, Peter Jackson, which is like Dead Alive. Okay. And then Alex de la Iglesia, yeah. your man. Hell yeah. Love him. Love yeah. all three. So, um, and, and then- Whoop, whoop. 
like we love us some girls <laughs> with balls <laughs> you do I but do. but i kind of like could appreciate that okay will appreciate his perspective yeah but just like from a personal standpoint like nothing about it appealed to me like i i like the kind of minstrel character um and he said that he included the minstrel character because it the dude is spoiling the film for you before you watch it mm-hmm. and he feels it added like this la- layer of absurdity I did have problems with how most of the women talked because they were just like super vulgar. Yeah. And it kind of felt like a a dude was writing that for them. Really? It didn't feel natural to me. Um, So kind of that. But the thing that I will say is more successful with girls with balls than say what keeps you alive is that he really kind of sticks to this thesis of being like as ridiculous as possible. Yeah. And just because I didn't like it, I, as soon as I finished it, I was like, yeah, I could say why Clinton liked that. Yeah. It's a hit, ladies and gentlemen. It's a hit. <laughs> I, what my favorite thing about it is that it can be really silly, but then it doesn't lose tension and it keeps the story going. Like there's a scene where they're pummeling, the girls are pummeling, volleyballs they've got nothing left so they just start pummeling volleyballs at the bad guys and they the bad guys are like ooh, ooh, <laughs> and they start going down like one at a time and it's this silly goofy thing but then yeah. after that moment then all the bad guys get back up and then it's like yeah. okay back to reality back to yeah. you know facing death and I loved it. I had a lot of fun. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally, he said that at Fantastic Fest, he had people come up to him all. Honestly, I don't think I liked your film, but I had fun during it. And he said that those comments meant more to him than someone just straight up liking it. And I can't. Wait, what? So, so. Why wouldn't he like it more if someone was like, I loved your film and I had fun? That's true. Fun. Fact about Olivier, though. He's like, you fucking idiot. You fucking don't like me. (laughs) This was not a good movie. (laughs) You were supposed to have fun. Yes, that's literally what he says. And so, again, this is where I kind of respect Olivier a lot. Uh Fun fact, he's a special effects guy. This was his feature film. Mm -hmm. He did all of the special effects for Knife and Heart. Okay, the, mask the one, design, the, really the French movie the that you love the most. Switchblade, oh, that was all that haunts Olivier. my dream. <laughs> and he did the gore special effects for Raw. Yes, which yeah. we also have seen for this podcast. Which is gross. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, real gross. So, so this dude, and I mean the real gore, messed up guy here. <laughs> yeah, the gore because I would. I wouldn't say it's over the top and gore, but there are definitely gory it's silly. moments. It's my favorite kind. It's just silly. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, like yeah. decapitation, head flying around yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So that was really interesting to find out. It's um, not as scintillating as one might think. Um, as in nudity? Right. There's no yeah. nudity. So that was the other thing. Even though I had problems with how the woman spoke, it was just like way too dumb for me. Mm-hmm. I did appreciate. He said that he 
really wanted to make a film about a group of women. He didn't want one woman. He wanted a uh, big female cast. Okay. And so the whole volleyball uh, tournament thing happened because of that. They were just workshopping ideas. Uh-huh. So I kind of really like that he walked into this film wanting to be like, hey, I want to make a film about a group of women what is a story that we can write? That way we have a group of women taking over the shit. Okay. And he said they were, they considered doing an acapella group, um, nunneries, no. but they settled on the volleyball thing. And actually, you know what? I kind of respect it. Reading up about this film made me appreciate it All a right. lot more. All right. There we yeah. go. Um, especially because he himself says there's no deeper meaning to this film. Yeah. I just wanted to make it. something ridiculous. And honestly, I can respect that. I actually think he's selling himself a little short because when the coach character, when the Chihuahua is biting the coach character's yeah. penal area, yeah. and then he gets takes the Chihuahua off and stretches the Chihuahua until he yeah. bursts into two. Fun fact. I think there you could actually um, get a lot of deeper meaning there. Olivier is a vegan, and they asked him about that scene. Okay. And he was like, I just thought it was an absurd thing, and yeah. that's why I wanted to put it in. Uh-huh. So this- I, I felt I could feel just high fives from the director <laughs> and myself as I was watching this movie. That you was love just a him. moment where I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Girls with Balls. I hated it, but I do agree with Clinton that if you just want something where just fucking anything happens. Short, fun. Yeah. And and the kind of crazy, the craziest part about this film for me is that they got like French legends to play some of the hunters. Mm-hmm. So we have Dennis Levant as the main guy. And legends. this guy is one of the most well-known French actors of all time. And then they had Guillaume Canet have a cameo in it as well. And that motherfucker is one of France's uh, most beloved directors over the last 20 years or so. And he's a character in it? He's one of the hunters? He's one of the hunters, yeah. If anything, I was just like so surprised because Guillaume doesn't make genre films. And so I was just like, oh, wow, he has a sense of humor. I didn't know that. Yeah. And the the coach seemed a little weird to me, a little out of place. Was the coach like a famous person, a famous comedian or something? Those were the only two names. Actually, Eric only watched it with me because he liked Dennis Levant so much. Was that the legend? Yeah, the, yeah, the but, Satanist dude. Okay. Um, so, but you know what's, I will say, it's fucked up that he didn't let Dennis use his body because Dennis is actually a contortionist. That's kind of what he's known for in the films that he does appear in. Huh. Like he was in a lot of Claire Denise films, which... Oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't, yeah. never. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Girls with Great. balls. Girls with balls. Yeah. What do you think? Recommend? I think I recommend it just because Olivier clearly doesn't like the French that much either. Because oh. he he said that he was he still has a very hard time describing to people what this film was about in France. Yeah. Whereas when he came to America, everyone got it Everyone's immediately. Like, got it. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Let's said, brother. If I were, pump it into my veins. 
<laughs> if I were to uh, kind of give this film like a synopsis, I feel it's I feel like it's like American Pie on steroids. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. The humor is just so American Pie. And I really hated those films. Mm -hmm. So if you like American Pie, you're going to love this movie. Give it a try. <laughs> All right. Okay. Are we ready to move We're on? We're ready for our grand finale. All righty. Up next is Baccarat. All right, and that was a bit of Baccarat, directed by, I'm going to try and say this in Portuguese, Okay, Juliano Donelis and Cleba Mendoza Filho. Hmm. Two I people. speak Portuguese. You speak yeah, Portuguese. I do. I don't know if you knew that. Cool. So yes, Baccarat, it was made last year. No, I think it was made in 2018, and then it hit festivals last year and then it was supposed to have a big release in the first quarter of this year but that's when quarantine hit mm. and so we found out about Baccarat because our local indie theaters uh, in order to kind of like stay afloat they offered this film to watch mm -hmm. and Clinton watched it I did I didn't even know it was a genre film um, when it came out, but he watched it. He did the hard work. Yeah, I did. It fits super well. This is a horror spiria yeah. right up in our yeah. Would you? Okay. I have an opinion on this. Would you say it's a horror film? Uh, you know, trying to really... Sure. <laughs> it's like so many movies that we can kind of say it's like horror comma other things too so thrill i mean i don't know it, it's the whole like what is a horror you know i like that answer though yeah. because to me this is a straight up horror film straight up oh that was a quick question i thought you were gonna tell me it's not no 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 i mean no okay. no it's Besh, this film out of the three films that we watched felt like the only real film. To okay, me. yeah, and and mainly because it was so fleshed out, and I could clearly see the lineage of what these horrors meant. And then, as Clinton says, it's kind of ironic that it happens that way because Baccarat isn't really labeled as a horror film. People do consider it a genre film. So Wikipedia. Actually, I was just going to say weird Western. Yes. is what they say. Yeah. And the front like first sentence. Yeah. Is a 2000. Somebody wrote this and somebody said, yes, 
Weird Western film. Weird Western. So weird Western films are typically Western films that have a horror element. Is that a whole genre? There's enough of them? A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is the other one that we could say is a weird Western. Is that the Iranian? The Iranian one, yes. Um, but yeah, kind of. A subgenre. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it, it's not one that I'm super familiar with. But yeah. honestly, after seeing the movie, I was like, okay, that's fair. But I will say, I feel like it is unequivocally a genre film. And I actually would say without hesitating that it's absolutely a horror film. Because... Yeah. It hammers in this cultural anxiety thing so well in a way that is almost like blinding. Like after I watched that movie, I was like, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. So, wow. I didn't know you liked it so much. Okay, I really great. did. When did I watch it? I, I only like watched it strikes. a few days ago. It was like two strikes in the picture and I had one more pitch and I <laughs> threw the ball and I was just like, no, they, they're not going to want it. And then... <laughs> Boom. I guess the analogy just kind of totally falls it apart totally there because I'm not apart. trying to strike you out, but <laughs> I'm glad you really like this one. No, yeah, I, I saw it a few days let's, ago. Let's so synopsize. Very recently. Yes. So this, to give some cultural context, this film takes place in the Sail Tao. And what a Sail Tao is, it's a mountainous village, they're mountainous village towns in Brazil. And typically kind of like, the um, conception of sale towels are that like uneducated people live there very insular, but the directors themselves actually were saying that sale towels are actually majority white. Hmm. So those kind of stereotypes so are kind of like country folk is what we would yeah. have in, in the U S but, and, and so not to get too ahead, so we're gonna. So it takes place in the Cerro Tau. Okay, I'll give more context to Baccarat in a bit, hmm. but go ahead and finish. So it takes place in the Cerro Tau. Yeah. What happens? Should we? Well, yeah, no, I think we, we can certainly give the okay. twist that I gave the last episode, okay. which was so that disclaimer: okay. we are going to be talking about spoilers here. I I don't feel like it takes away from it. Nah. Um, Nah. Yeah, and we kind of hinted to it already, so yeah. go ahead. So the town basically comes under attack. Yeah. And mysteriously, you're not really sure what's what. And then yeah. pretty soon, at some point, it reveals the whole what's what. It yeah. reveals the who the hunters are, yeah. who the hunted is. Yeah. Um, it does take a long time it to, to get there. But it does. I... Looking back, I am glad. Yeah, I'm it glad. builds this world, yeah. and it, I I feel like I've been there. Yeah, yeah. So an interesting thing about the way that they approached Baccarat, <clears throat> they definitely wanted to make a film about the sale tau, but as they were doing research, because these dudes are from the city, they're not from the country. Okay, and made by two dudes. Those are the yeah, two people two dudes, at the beginning. Yes. Okay. Um, and they themselves said that they didn't want to make something that was exploitative. Mm-hmm. You know, they really wanted, the, it, it's been like They weren't going to make Midsommar. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> no, but the interesting thing is when they were visiting these sale taus, they found a different kind of town. Okay. So sale towels, majority white Brazilians, usually they're poor, yes, but that's kind of the racial makeup there. Yeah. But then there's 
a different kind of town that's even below a Seotao, settled kind of in the same region. And those are called Quilombos. Quilombos are mountains, vi village communities in Brazil that were built by runaway slaves. Hmm. So entirely black. So what the directors were saying when they were doing their research, you know, they would be meeting with the Tao people, you know, kind of like this, kind of what they expected, kind mm -hmm. of like a white Brazilian experience. Mm -hmm. But then they came about on the Colombos, which were just all black people mm -hmm. at black Brazilians. And he said that that completely gave them a different idea for Baccarat. Mm -hmm. okay. So he likes to call Baccarat the city, the town, because it's not a real town in Brazil. It's a made up town. He likes to think of it as a remixed Colombo. So a quilombo, sorry, a remix quilombo. So um, the majority, honestly, of the racial makeup of Baccarat is either indigenous or black. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have white people in the mix, too. So he said yeah. they kind of like wanted to meld the town spirit together by, you know, taking the the like myths of the sale Tao, but also merging it with the very real reality of uh -huh. Quilombos. Yeah. And I thought that was so fascinating. Yeah. I'm really glad you found, did that research and told us because when I was watching, I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed, I was like, wow, this is a really interracial yes. group for what is usually just portrayed as one Segregated. or the other. Yes. Um, and I just, but I also, thought that th the movie seemed so real that yeah. I thought that was accurate, that yeah. maybe the poor yeah. and the country folk yeah. were a mix. Maybe that was a yeah. Brazilian thing. Yeah. So I'm actually glad to know now that that's not true. It's not. Not, it not that I'm glad that it's not true, yeah. but glad that I know because I was under the assumption of, well, maybe in Brazilian society, there is just more integrated um, experience. No, and that was very intentional on their part. Interesting. And I, I think that, that that alone, as you said, is the world building. Because honestly, the first 40 minutes of this film, you kind of think that it's going to be about this matriarch dying. And, and it, it is about the matriarch dying. But you think that maybe something's going to happen because of that. But everything that kind of happens in the film seems in spite of that, even though I will say I actually really like the final scene, I think it was, because it ends on the matriarch again. Hmm. Um, and it's like implying that she protected the town mm -hmm. from this and things like that. And and I, I really liked things like that. Um, so, yeah, maybe I guess just let's have have at it you love it <laughs> yeah can we give away the big spoiler yes yeah yeah, sure. yeah um yeah and why i think it's obnoxious to um compare this to get out but i think sure on the other hand why not the hunters are the same in both right so yeah. the hunters in this movie are white people racist like, white people racist white people yeah. Euro europeans uh, i don't from different countries i don't really know maybe yeah, because even though the there were like two brazilian traders among them well um, so they were like white brazilians they, right yeah they were white brazilians so that, but even the yeah. hunters uh -huh. when i think they said something along those lines um the hunters were like but you're not white we're white. right right you're not one of us which i thought was uh a really 
powerful, probably statement there. Yeah. And to go along the lines of like, yeah, you are white compared to so-and-so, but at the end of the day, you're still something else. Like as a Brazilian, as a Latino, Latino person, you're not. um, For sure. And it feeds into the the directors say that they wanted to have a film of paradoxes. And that alone is actually embodied in the Seo Tao. Seo Tao was supposed to be like desert regions. But if you remember, this was a very green region. And mm-hmm. they were like, it was very much on purpose. It was hmm. supposed to be kind of like this leafy Western in a huh. way. And I was like, shit, I didn't even realize that until, yeah, I just like, these dudes are so smart. Um, it works so well. Yeah. I really thought I was looking at every detail of this village just seemed like, oh my God, this yeah. looks, re- this is, this looks real. Yeah. Another thing that they said about the Columbos that I really liked, and it kind of feeds into this paradox thing is that the Columbos themselves, again, they were mountainous villages that were created by runaway slaves when mm-hmm. Brazil was being colonized. So the Columbos are these safe havens where they're kind of isolated, but they're also a symbol of resistance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, yeah. yeah. And, and that's kind of like, again, this is where I feel like the hunter versus hunted metaphor really works well only in this movie because you feel like there's so much at stake. You, it, it feels a little bit more deep than just a chase. Mm-hmm. It really feels like they're fighting for their culture mm. in a way. Yeah. And, um, and, and there's just so many gaps of like information and violence that happens that really, I think, kind of reflects back on the viewer like the child uh being killed um the way isn't shown on screen is that right yeah 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 but it's like you know there's so much pain like they experienced pain yeah and they mourn the dead yeah it's not just like okay we gotta get him back but you know what's like genius about it is that they never make the townspeople seem less because of it like mm-hmm. there's never a moment where like even though say like the white people were able to kill a few of them or whatever yeah once it comes head to head it shows that their part the townspeople power was so much greater because of everything that we had seen like that's when as you said you really begin to feel grateful that you had 40 minutes kind of of exposition because you really kind of witnessed how things even felt in that town. Because even in that town, there was tension. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. You um, weren't really sure what was going to happen. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got like drug dealers, yes. maybe some... The political people. Oh, man. The political people. I thought even like the sex workers. Yes, that was... Oh, my God. Yeah, the sex Everything workers. Everything is yeah. so... Just another layer of this. Yeah. Yeah. Which when... It's a miracle that... I, I don't know how they did it because then it does get campy when it's, you know, the bad guys are all these evil white people because it's, it's a, it's a little over top, just like in get out. Yeah. But, um, it still remains. It keeps all the seriousness and all the importance. And it almost feels like, I mean, not almost, it feels like two different films, 
merged into one. And we've complained about this before, actually, with another Brazilian film, Good Manners, where we feel like 40 minutes, one thing, and then the rest of the and then it kind of like ruins it. But the incredible thing about this film, I agree with you, is once we get the reveal that they're these white supremacists that just want to hunt for fun. Yeah. Um, it is played to camp uh, and also the casting of Udo Kier, the main dude, uh-huh. that dude is known for being like the genre bad guy. So really? I, I have, yeah. So yeah. he's like Lars von Trier's favorite dude. Okay. Um, so like even that me as a genre person, I was like, that's even like kind of like a wink. Yeah. But as you said, like that whole scene was kind of absurd, but then these two kind of movies have to merge right yeah and then when they merge none of the characters kind of change and i mean that in a good way like the townspeople are still firmly rooted in their their tradition Uh and the hunters each of them kind of have a different moral code like udo says that he doesn't kill women Uh another one of them is pissed off because one of them killed the kid and he was like against her moral code exactly yeah and he was like well not against mine um which i felt was what did you think of that do you because i i think watching i was like ah who cares like what the moral code is because it was so campy anyways i liked it yeah because The one thing that's actually kind of interesting about this film, and I think that this works for it, whereas with other films, this would bother me. Like in Get Out, we get like the full thesis statement as to why they were doing it, right? But with uh, Baccarat, we kind of never get a definitive answer as to how and why these happened. We just get mm. like these context clues. Like they have a drone that is watching the townspeople. That way the hunters can get off on uh, watching the kills. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect. There's a racial aspect. There's this like psychopath aspect. But we never kind of know how they all found each other or anything, you know, we don't get, we don't have that backstory. I guess it doesn't matter. I guess to answer the question, it it probably is necessary in that merging of those two where, where it kind of at some point feels really campy, but then they kind of give these backstories, a little bit more information about the hunters so that it does feel more real. Yeah. Um, It's a very, very interesting way. Like, Again, I don't think I've seen a film straight like this before either. And then getting to the kind of like horror elements, the really interesting thing about that is, remember, kind of like our thesis statement, horror is a projection of cultural anxieties. And a lot of people thought that this movie was made as a response to Bolsonaro's election. Okay. But this film was written shot and edited before the dude was even a candidate so huh at like 2017 2016-ish and the directors say that it doesn't surprise them that this film resonates more in an era of today Uh because history is cyclical And, and like i think this is just one of the smartest things they said they said that it kind of almost doesn't matter when it was made because we need to contend with living with the past. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have kind of like a nostalgia, like things are behind us. But they said that this film was very much a response in 
writing to that past and how things aren't good for everyone in Brazil and, yeah. and really that that tension of like class and race and struggle, which is why they wanted to create that fictional town. And, and there was so much thought given into who would make up this town, what are their rules and whatnot, even down to the very ending mm -hmm. where they have Udo. Um, you think they we actually... Udo? Yeah, Udo, the main guy. Okay. Uh, the you know the head guy. Oh, the yeah. head hunter. Yeah, the head yeah. hunter. Okay. Um, so they said that originally in the script they were going to do a war style execution, but they were like, no, that's not how it would be. And then it kind of invites this whole, oh, see, both sides are savages, and they were like, yeah, no, that's yeah. not what we wanted. And so the ending. Is that they bury him alive instead, uh -huh. and it kind of opens in up in a very like symbol, like ritualistic. Yes. It feels like this is how the so, town exactly. has punished murderers for yeah. hundreds of years, kind of thing. And 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 what they said is it also opens up to the fact that this may not be the last time. And to think about it, that it might be this might happen. It's again. a jail cell. Uh -huh. That they put him in. Uh -huh. yeah, 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 yeah. And and the director said that was very much intentional because, again, this is all about kind of Brazil's history and how, like, there's always this constant threat to the vulnerable, but the vulnerable don't fall victim to it. They are empowered through their culture and their trust in each other, even if it's even, like, contradictory and things Again, they said, like, this is a film of paradoxes. And I was mm. like, yeah, dudes, you did it. Dudes, nice. <laughs> um, I One other last thing I like about it, I think that I need to speak on is by the end, they could have, as filmmakers, they could have released some of the tension or said, oh, you know, but, it, but it's not all white people or it's not white people's fault or they could have softened it. But instead, they turn they make a turn into political and it's like no not only was this bad but this happened because you know these white people these hunters came and were able to hunt because one of the town's politicians like yeah maybe from the city exactly um sold them out exactly. and i love that instead of ending with like a you know whatever tie with a bow the bad guys lose whatever yeah. it was this like cut of like and you know it was yeah. also not just racial but also yeah. political yeah like it just really yeah. fleshed it out and made it like yeah like f this f that exactly it felt like uh like absolutely. a rallying cry. No, you're absolutely right. And I think, again, this comes down to how it's so important to really do your research. Because, like, um, with what keeps you alive, it was just kind of like plugging in things, right? But with Baccarat, they thought of everything mainly because they knew that, that they weren't from this region. Yes, they're Brazilian and, and they're very much affected by what's going on, but they're aware that they're white Brazilians and they didn't want to make a, a, a white perspective story on the Sertals. They said that that was a really big fear of theirs. Mm -hmm. And so they worked with the cast, which a lot of them were from Sertals and Colombos to really build this authenticity. Like, you know, the capoeira scene it's the scene where they're dancing around the fire mm -hmm. and the John Carpenter songs comes on. Okay. 
um, that was improvised by the cast. Yeah. And uh, the directors were a little worried about it seem seeming fit. Like fetishizing. Okay. Um, but the cast was like, no, this is kind of like they convinced him into it. Yeah. And he then was kind of convinced into it because this is an indigenous dance done over this like industrial song. And and he was like, This was kind of just what the film was about, how mm. the industry was mm. taking care over wow. the wilderness and and these communities. And I'm just like, these dudes are so smart. <laughs> like, yeah. this is just really smart film yeah um so yeah props to them they could have blown it because even right. as i hear you like us describing it i'm yeah. like man this movie could have sucked it like, really if they didn't have the touch and they didn't do all the yeah. hit all the parts just right and then this thing could have been a disaster yeah and then not to even talk to the film's intelligence even though it's really remarkable it also like as you said, there's just such a great element of camp. Like, you know, there is some pretty shocking gore sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it never feels like, say, Girls with Balls, mm -hmm. where Olivier constantly just wants to fuck with us. Yeah. I really don't think these directors wanted to fuck with us. They were just right. trying to it's, be like... yeah What is necessary for us to show? Yeah. Because sometimes they didn't show some things. Like the kids' stuff, they didn't really show that. Mm -hmm. They showed it from the perspective of the Ooh, assassin. But it was enough. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was really powerful. Um, Interestingly, I like yeah. the way you put that. Yeah, yeah. So really, Doug Baccarat. Woo! All right, we got a winner. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I probably would have seen it. We both gave it a thumbs it. up. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And skulls. In the air for Horusperia. Yes, I am pretty sure Baccarat is still available to purchase to support indie theaters. I I don't know if it is for DC, probably not anymore. But I did watch it that way. Mm -hmm. um, okay, good. So definitely think of checking it because if anything, I'm really bummed that they weren't able to get the theatrical release that they wanted because yeah. I think this would have been really cool in theater it you know it's like how does a movie hit because to me this was just as good well, to me it was for me it was more enjoyable than um bong joon ho's uh parasite but it kind of could be in the same realm it's a foreign movie kind of it takes on class structure class in a way race things yeah um yeah. So why does one movie get a lot of acclaim and the other one kind of go, Ooh. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that has to do with like being established in the industry. But if anything, I really hope that this film, I, I haven't really seen that many people talking about it. Yeah. And that kind of bums me out because I think that this is probably one of the best films released this year. I'm also very annoyed. I, kind of related um that they're considering postponing the oscars okay and i'm like because of corona yeah oh and because there hasn't been enough movies well not only that okay but basically they're saying that in a way they're implying that movies that were released on streaming aren't good enough and I'm just like, man, fuck that. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Things like Baccarat should be considered. Sure, and, and, for sure. Um, there are a lot of movies right now in the pipeline that studios don't want to release because of yeah. money and shit. And yeah. I'm just kind of like, y'all just need to get fucking over it. Mm -hmm. You know, like what the, you know, there's a lot of unknowns in this situation. And I just think 
trying to prioritize profits over escapes right now. Like yeah. what else do people have? You yeah. know, yeah. Um, it's a scary time, but that's why we watch things like Baccarat. That's why we watch Baccarat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so question. Hunter versus Hunter. Okay. Question. Yeah. Hunter versus Hunter. Oh, I did want to ask you, who do you think would win? Who is the Hunter or the hunted okay. that would win come out on top because the hunted the lesbian no she, she <laughs> like, loses she would have been killed immediately by the gay hunters or the white supremacists so okay yeah she gets because she's also just dumb she's one person she also she's dumb. Kills she killed really a lot stupidly. of wives though <laughs> okay but here's her i think her game plan is the woods trick, you know, yeah. go for a hike, oh, yeah. push yeah. them off. So yeah. I think she could probably get one person, but she's up against no, no, she's hunters, an plural. She's an idiot. Maybe we just put them against the leaders, the leader of the hunters from the um, Girls with Balls and the leader okay, of the so White Okay, so that would be Dennis Levant, okay. that would be Udo Kier, and that would be the psycho. Psych ah, I think Udo Kier, actually. From... Uh, Baccarat. Baccarat. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It would be, be a tight matchup. Mainly because I feel like they all girls would... suck in their own ways. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Udo did seem to be the most intelligent, even though obviously old Satanist dude was old Satanist dude yeah. and uh, things of that nature. But there was a lot of, I mean, again, it, it also just comes down to the way that these films were fleshed out. Like I would have loved what keeps you alive. If I felt like it had taken the time to understand it's female psychopath. It yeah. didn't, it made yeah. her so nonsensical. Um, gay with, with girls with balls. We knew that there was no thought there. He yeah. was like, yeah, I wanted to make them gay because you don't get gay hunter. Literally yeah. Olivier said that he was uh -huh. like, yeah, I just thought it was funny. Um, and then, but then you get back around with so much intention and you're like, oh, okay. I understand like everyone in this film. Um, so yeah. <laughs> All right. So the ultimate hunters in this case, uh, led by the yeah white supremacist dude. Udo Kier. Yeah, I guess I don't want to big up that necessarily. I mean, we we do not big up we white will, supremacy. We will big up the the winners, the hunted. No, yes, oh, yeah. the prey the one. who were the winners in all occasions. Back around. That, okay, I will say back around would kill everyone. Oh yeah, you can't you cannot yeah. mess with back around. They were so smart. Yeah, that was actually kind of probably one of the most fun things. I didn't kind of expect it to go too smoothly i was like oh shit they're gonna ransack this town right yeah, yeah but no like they were on them every step of the way do you remember that scene the it was like a greenhouse like a dude living in like yeah. a greenhouse where he just had all these plants and he's walking around and he's misting the plants yes. and he's naked and you can see his wiener <laughs> yes I know that, that was scene an was amazing crazy. Scene. That, yes, because I thought that they were going to kill him. Yeah, and the I think it's a couple. Yes, they go into the thing, uh -huh. and then we don't see what's in the shed as a viewer, yeah. so we're surprised with the hunters. Oh my goodness! He, they get shot out, Ooh. and then Thrilling. his wife comes around uh -huh. to like then take the girl. Um, and they try to cure her, actually. Okay. But she ends up dying or uh -huh. something. Yeah. It was just so, so good. So good. So full of <laughs> so good, good really stuff. So really good. Yeah. yeah. So um, the moral of the story is to watch Baccarat. <laughs> watch Baccarat. Give them all a shot, says Clinton from Horace Peria. Yes, indeed. So for our next one, 
I don't know what we're going to do yet. I yes. think we're going to do a couple of things. What do you got? What's, what ideas you so got percolating? I definitely want to do a science fiction aliens mm, one. Yes. You've been wanting um, to do that for a while. For like but over not, a year. Not like just all the alien movies, right? No, not no, like no, no, alien no. one through like, five, six. I, I, I want to keep it uh foreign oh, so oh, perfect. uh there's two films the the main two films that we both have seen actually would be district nine and attack the block but i i want to find another one so yeah, let's get out of the so, euro zone yeah um so and the, well, Brit- actually, the uk zone that, but but that's the thing okay okay I, we're okay. gonna save it for the pod okay i think i know uh, where you're there, going and but there's this very specific there. reason why that's the case um i want us to revisit latin america because i re-listened to that pod and that was a pretty good pod all right um we were supposed to do like shitty movies remember that one yeah well we talked about it we talked about it but But um but here we are talking about girls with balls so it's like (laughs) you want us to do that again (laughs) honestly i kind of want us to do uh like the best on shutter but they would just take too much time really (laughs) i need you to give me some more recommendations (laughs) because i'm running out yeah um we could do best of shutter sometime yeah we also want to do the series uh so one thing reader that clinton's are you saying reader are we talking about listeners here i'm funny (laughs) (laughs) anyway so (laughs) the thing um that clinton's really obsessed with is spanish language genre shows he's like seeing them all Oh, I would definitely not say that. But I've seen a couple that I really like, <laughs> that I really, really like. Yeah. And then it seems like every other month on Netflix, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. we got another great idea. Okay. <laughs> and you the, watch it. Well, and then, and then the show is like the, the native and the conqueror. Did you watch Green Frontier? I love Green Frontier. Did you watch it? Was it was recommended to me. Oh, by me. But like someone oh, else recently. But by recently. someone smarter. <laughs> No, it was just funny because I was like, someone had told me to watch that before and I don't know who it was. Oh my God, it was totally that's you. how I feel about every recommendation I've ever given. <laughs> someone else gets credit for it. Yeah, that's my favorite. I would watch that again in a heartbeat. I love that one. It's maybe. like maybe five, six episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll do, because I also want us to do Kingdom. Maybe Kingdom, we'll do series Chi- next. Uh, China? No. no. <laughs> South Korea. Korea. <laughs> South Korea. Oh my god. Um, not yeah. problematic. I was just trying to get into the right, <laughs> right region. Um, okay. South Korea. I've seen that, and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know we're running a little long, but uh, sad note. We're out on, right. Rest in peace. Um, on a somber, serious note. You know, I've had a show that I've watched for years now. Slowly making my way through, one episode at a time. Probably two years, but if it's felt like three <laughs> or four, it feels like a lifetime of watching Sin Senos No Hay Paraíso, okay. which translates to "Without breasts, breasts there yeah. is no paradise." <laughs> yeah, Colombian, right? This was a Colombian telenovela yeah. in the early two thousands that just really hit with me <laughs> and really hit with a lot of people at the time. And even today, however, Netflix canceled it, took it off. Yeah. I was on episode 98 <laughs> readers, <laughs> 98. I had 90 more to go <laughs> for the first season, for the first season. And they took it off. What am I to do? 
I can't find it anywhere either. I would, I just assumed, okay, they're going to take it off. So I'll be able to pay someone else to watch it. I can't pay anyone to watch it. I need help. I hope that the distributors of that show are listening. Listen. We need to start a petition. There are some people on Twitter who share my... <laughs> like uh, three other people? Uh, more like 12. <laughs> more like 12. Yeah. Oh my God. So maybe we'll do series. I don't know. Yeah. Series time. would be a good one. Yeah. It, it does take a lot of time to get through the series. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. The thing. Um, maybe the thing? second to next. Okay. So I guess I just need to start like no, watching. just watch. Yeah. Just yeah. Watch. Let's do some series. <laughs> and aliens. You've been wanting to do aliens. So let's see. I have. But okay. Clinton says that he didn't want to do aliens because he doesn't like either of those two movies. <laughs> and to half step that backwards, I think I like Attack the Block. I just I've seen it a couple times and maybe the second time I just wasn't into it as much. Those are two of my favorite movies, so I think that's uh, funny. I won't say anything else um, then. No, no, I think you I'm think excited. District Nine is one of your favorite movies? Yeah. Heavily. Maybe I should rewatch it. Yeah. All I remember th- about that is that they make it look like he's having sex with the alien. Oh my god. And don't, I don't. and I th- and I think to myself, yeah, that would happen. Like they would do that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that was real. I, th- I feel like you need to rewatch both of those before we do it. No, maybe you don't need to rewatch. Re- uh, I yeah, I've seen it exactly. Okay, right. yeah. okay, so that's it. <laughs> that's it. But we still talking. We don't want to leave you listeners. Um, yeah. So this is going to be another classic sign off. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make Clinton breakfast now. Ooh, breakfast for dinner, which yeah. you had a fun name for. Brinner. <laughs> I thought that was Only good. you would like I thought that. that was good. Okay. That's fair. Save it in the yeah. files. The funny files. <laughs> the funny files. Now we're doing ASMR. Yeah. So so May's <laughs> going to cook now. Okay. Um, I, I need to find the, my cat. But we're not going to turn off the audio equipment. So enjoy the ride. Bye. Bye.